welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. It is show number 58, unbelievably, show number 58. And uh, we're at the end of August here uh, and excited to be on air today, live on Facebook and on iTunes. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we're at the end of uh, August and, and we're getting ready for school. We are getting close to the start of school here in the Northeast. I know in other parts of the countries uh, or country they have started, uh, but we are about two weeks away. So we are shifting into fifth gear. We've been planning and prepping uh, for all those seven habits of highly uh, effective people. Uh, we were in quad two, the planning quad for quite some time. And now we're going to get ready to take some action and uh, shift into fifth gear. So welcome to the program, everyone. Uh, we are going to meet a super guest today, a super friend of mine. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen him from my days in, in Staten Island. Staten Island's in the Little League World Series here, uh, but we are going to meet Dennis Bellantoni. Uh, Dennis was my assistant principal at Intermediate School 27, IS 27, there on the North Shore. And uh, I did my administrative internship with Dennis many, many years ago. I learned a lot from Dennis and uh, so happy, so proud to have him on the show. He's up here in Port Jervis. We're live uh, in the Port Jervis Library. Certainly a shout out to um, Beverly here at the library for letting us use this space. And it's a great space. We're in the records room here and a lot of history. That being said, let's get started, everyone. I want to give a shout out to uh, my college buddies. We were in Boulder, Colorado recently for our annual get together and uh, I was talking to everybody, you know, I, I, I host my own show now. They would call me Sir Ask a Lot. So I'm giving a shout out to the boys with my my nickname, Sir Ask a Lot. And I uh, told them I would mention that on the show. So here we are. We are going to get going. And today's topic uh, is what do teachers look for in their administrators? Uh, I like to share a lot of resources uh, on the program. And one of the resources I use uh, is the Marshall Memo. It's written by Kim Marshall, uh, and it's you can find more information at marshallmemo.com. And uh, there's a great article in here today, um, and we'll get to that in a second. Another resource I use, and I've mentioned it on the program before, um, from the leadership publishing team, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. My friend Dan Spanauer, happy that they are sponsoring today's program. And uh, we're going to uh, introduce Dan's latest book. If you need a story, if you need... Uh, a great idea to open a speech. This is Dan's latest book. You can find it at the leadershippublishingteam.com. And uh, again, his, his monthly journal, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. Uh, it's a great resource for all leaders. Uh, but this book, ton of great stories. We're going to have Dan on in uh, just a couple of weeks uh, to talk about uh, his new book and, and how great those stories are. So, But today's opening topic what do teachers look for uh, in school leaders? And again, this is from the Marshall Memo, and uh, it was written by John Sapphire. And John wrote this article in the Black Box of Collective Efficacy. Say that a few times. Uh, but it was written by John Sapphire, so I certainly want to credit him. But I thought it was a great article, right? For those uh, of us that are school leaders, I got my one of my mentors here, Dennis Bellantoni, learned a ton from him. And, you know, what do we want in school leaders? So one of the things here, well, I'm going to go through actually all of them, uh, but a lot of the things that we try to strive for, uh, but in the eyes of teachers. So 
Teachers want to trust that you are competent and you can keep the wheels turning by staying top of all operations. So you got to be good at your job. You got to be competent. They want a worthwhile person, someone who is taking notice of things and interests in their life, a good person. They want someone that's going to make it safe for them. Not only a safe school environment, right? Think about all the things that have happened in schools. Think about all of the school violence, unfortunately, that is going on. Want to make the school safe for them, but they also want it to be a safe place to be able to teach, to be able to explore, to be able to try different things. And if an administrator, if a principal is harping on those teachers uh, and not making it comfortable for them, that's not a safe environment for people to try new things, right? It's okay to make a mistake. You try something new. So making it safe. Honesty. Teachers want honesty from their administrators, giving honest feedback, um, leaving people, uh, meeting people where they are, false impressions, uh, not leaving false impressions, creating transparency, uh, erring on the side of disclosure, confronting reality, all of those things uh, in being honest with teachers. Integrity, right? Having great integrity uh, on the job. I ask people all the time, uh, what are some of the most important things of being a leader? And I hear that a lot here on education, leadership, and beyond. Um, really, you know, your integrity and being a good person. What are your motives, right? Is everything that you're doing for the betterment of the kids, for the betterment of the community, for the betterment of the school? Um, those are all important things. Keeping your promises, don't say things that you can't follow through on. That's for not only school leaders, but certainly parents. I'm very careful to use the word promise because things happen and sometimes you just can't follow through. So very cautious to use that word. But the teachers want you to be um, with high integrity. Act courageous in your job. Doing things to protect the staff and students. Um, a lot of new things come out all the time. And hey, let's try this. Let's try that. Try that. Um, uh, the author of the article, John Sapphire, writes here, protecting us from initiative overload, right? How many things are coming down from uh, the, the state or the district office that maybe it's not a good time to give to the staff or maybe it's not something that the administrator believes in to have the courage to say, hey, that's not for us. Legitimate decisions. I trust that you will deliver results by highlighting small victory and getting the right things done. Respect. Teachers want to be shown respect uh, and given respect uh, by their administrators and by uh, their students. But be an active listener, being uh, open to different points of view, valuing the teacher's time, having the teacher's back, right? If I have a, a confrontational meeting, Maybe a parent's not happy about something. I will certainly listen to that parent. I will hear them out. But I don't like to be in a meeting where a, a parent might be attacking or accusing a teacher of maybe something that didn't happen. So I certainly will meet with that parent first. I'll meet with the teacher and then possibly bring them together if I feel it's the right situation. But uh, having those teachers back, very important and something that I work very, very hard on. Lastly, John Sapphire writes again, um, the black box of collective efficacy, um, caring and compassionate. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing uh, for uh, being a leader is showing kindness, uh, being generous towards people and being caring and compassionate. 
Um, one of my former bosses, John Exantis, uh, he's the superintendent of Valley Central Schools and, and one of my mentors. And uh, I share the story in my book, The Principal, when I lost my dad and um, I got back to school. I was out a whole week. It was Election Day week uh, in November. And uh, I got back. I had lost my father. And uh, John uh, Exantis had left a message early Monday morning, the week before, after the marathon, uh, asking me about my dad and asking um, how the marathon went. Little did he know that he had passed away that night. And uh, I'll never forget that. I left that message on there almost a whole year. My man, John X, and 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 really, because he cared, right? And he had compassion. He knew that that marathon was important to me and my dad. And, and he called on Monday morning at 630 in the morning to ask about it. You know, it's those little things, right? You take out someone's knowledge about academics or knowledge about a certain topic and, and do they do they care, right? It goes back to that old saying, uh, they don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. And certainly that's true. So that was uh, uh, found in the Marshall Memo. Again, Kim Marshall, it's a great resource for, for teachers and for leaders. Uh, I subscribe to that. And um, certainly today's sponsor, the Coaching and Leadership Journal, Dan Spanauer. Here's his new book, Leading Narratives, um, the perfect collection of stories, jokes, and wits of wisdom from leaders. Uh, you can find that at leadershippublishingteam.com and certainly on Amazon. Uh, great stories. I've got two stories that I'm opening school with uh, that are found in there. And I'm grateful to Dan uh, for that. If you like the program, please follow us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review. Mom, I'm still waiting for your review. I haven't seen it on there, uh, but we're getting some great reviews. Rona, I see you watching the show live. How about a review on Amazon? That would help out. Uh, and if you like the book, please, how about a review on um, Amazon? And because uh, those reviews help uh, get the word out. So thank you for that. Enough of me talking here on the program, sir. Talk a lot. Uh, we're going to welcome in our guest. He drove all the way uh, from Bergen County, New Jersey. I'm going to slide over. Let's welcome in Dennis Bell and Tony, everyone. There we go, Dan. Hi, Andrew. How thank you doing? Thank you for having me. Are we and, plugged uh, in? You're, you're in? I'm plugged in. Can we hear you? Good. Here he is, everyone. Dennis, Dennis Bellantoni, uh, assistant principal at uh, IS-27 in Staten Island. 29 years as an educator. Going into my 29th year. Yes. Wow. Wow. Thank you for driving no, up here. Thank and, you uh, for having me. And thank you for the, the wonderful tour of your, your beautiful high school and uh, beautiful quaint town. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Port Jervis, New York. Uh, Dennis drove up. And uh, I worked with Dennis many years ago at, in IS-27. Uh, I did my administrative internship with Dennis. And um, man, I learned so much about being a school leader. And uh, if you know Staten Island, if you know IS-27, you know the North Shore. Uh, it was a crazy time back then. It was a, a busy place. It was, uh, yeah, I could say that it's be kind to say it was busy. It's less busy today than it was when you were there. Um, a lot of changes uh, to IS-27 and the community in particular. Um, but it's uh, when you were there, it was uh, yeah, it was sort of chaotic. But I, I I can't use that word to describe IS twenty seven these days. Well, and it, you know, kudos to you and your leadership team there um, for the work that you've been able to do there and bring bring consistency, um, Dennis. In today's day and age, right? If we, if we relate it to sports, right? People are jumping sports teams left and right. You know, you've stayed yeah. on that team forever, IS twenty seven. 
you know, what, what has kept you there uh, in your role as assistant principal? Okay, so uh, I, I guess I'm like the, the Derek Jeter of IS-27. Uh, what kept me there, I I'm find that the middle school brings uh, a different venue every day. Uh, I am comfortable with the staff, with the community. Uh, and I know the students, they change every three years. But we've had now, at IS-27, I'm starting to see uh, parents, grandparents who have come through the doors of IS-27. Uh, so it's just, a, it's, it's, it's really more than, uh, it's a comfortable place for me to be. I, I you know, I enjoy uh, the different level of, um, you know, what IS-27 brings every day. Um, a lot of energy. Those kids oh, bring is, a lot of energy. Listen, you can't come to work tired at a, in a middle school. I don't care if you're in Port Jervis or if you're in the North Shore of uh, of Staten Island. The uh, the average eleven year old uh, comes in uh, with a little pep on his or her step, and they walk out with that same pep on their step. So, uh, and if you know if that doesn't revitalize you and keep you energetic, I don't know what will. And those kids are, are the same age every year. It's a new kid. But we're we're one year older. Well, so so that brings you. How do how do I maintain? Yeah. You know, and I, so I think that you know, I read it in your book, uh, and it really what your book did was reinforce some of the things that I try to do. And I think that most people who have been in one place uh, over over a significant period of time is you know sometimes you have to think about uh, maybe getting to sleep a little earlier, uh, so you, you can have that energy level the next day and look at your week. How long, you know, what do you have going on? Do you have a late night? Uh, do you have uh, a little bit, bit of a break in the next couple of weeks where um, you can, you know, you don't have a, a late night where you have, you can, you can go right home after work. So, I, you know, and a lot of that is just, you really have to plan accordingly. Sure. To maintain sure. that energy level. And you and I had a chance to speak uh, off air a little bit, again, maintaining your health and uh, the things that you do to, to do that, right? Because it, it's a marathon. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a sprint. And you've been running that marathon a long time, Dennis. Tell me about staying fresh, right? In your position, you have a new year, your 29th year that's going to start. How, how do you develop new ideas and, and, and for yourself personally and professionally, maintain a freshness and, and a newness well again you know every every day brings something new especially at the middle school every year brings something new depending upon the new students coming in the new parents coming in i think how you maintain that uh, freshness uh is to rely re begin to rely more heavily on your support staff my support staff my teachers uh colleagues and administrative staff mm -hmm. um you know, you find different things to do to involve the students in the planning, uh, whether it be instructional planning or social emotional planning, uh, uh, you know, uh, athletic planning. But you try to you try to maintain that relationship with the students, and I think that that's what keeps my job um, exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I uh, did my job, I would say better or right. I probably wouldn't spend as much time with the children and mm -hmm. with the students, but I'm more than content with how I approach my job uh, because I, I love being around the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, uh, you know, sitting in the cafeteria with them, sitting in class with them, 
the uh, the the last thing. A visit to the wreckage room That's here. <laughs> she someone, wanted to look up some history. Someone, someone's probably <laughs> chasing me from Staten Island. <laughs> they found you here in the wreckage room in Port Charlotte. <laughs> so, I mean, doing the observations of, of the of the uh, obviously the instructional uh, mandate of your job. Sure. But I love nothing more than going into a classroom without a pen, and without a pad, and and sitting and seeing what kids are learning, how they're engaged. Um, I love supporting that newer, newer novice teacher. Sure. I love giving him his, you know, uh, advice, him or her advice, uh, without having to formalize it in, a, in an observation. So, I, I like to think of myself as trying to stay as active as possible, and that's what keeps me uh, not only going but uh, thriving. And Dennis, with that. You and I also had a chance to talk, uh, again, what the state of IS-27 was years ago and where they are now, the new technologies in there, the cleanliness of the school. You know, what are some other uh, successes that you've seen over the time uh, in your school that ha has made that place grow into a better school? Well, I'm going to stick with the last couple of years with uh, Matt Barona. The principal has been there for a little over three years now. Mm -hmm. uh, he's really brought... Uh, the technology, really not to 2018, he's bringing it as close to 2018 as possible. We were so far behind. Yeah. So, and uh, he is, you know, students have iPads, uh, small boards in every classroom, uh, Wi-Fi accessible, library, new, brand new library. Mm. So he's uh, really trying to bring it to where it needs to be. And he'll be the first to tell you we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, but I see that that being the biggest difference and. As you have stated in your book, you know, it's uh, students go into an environment, whether it be the hallway, the cafeteria and the classroom, and they see that, you know, things are updated. Uh, they're more prone to uh, act accordingly. Mm -hmm. And with middle school kids, it's hard to get any middle school kid to act accordingly. Sure. But when you put them in that kind of environment, that uh, educational environment that's conducive to learning, uh, you see that the, the then you start lessening the discipline issues and the management issues. That's great to hear. And uh, again, it was a it was a tough place then, but it was a great place. We had a great staff, and and I learned a ton from you doing my administrative internship. That. Yeah, how to handle people, how to talk to people. Um, that being said, then you heard the opening topic, right? You heard what teachers may be looking for from their administrators. Um, what was something in that open topic that that resonated with you? Well, I th I think that teachers. Uh, like we all do, we want to look at our uh, administration modeling compassion, compassion for students. Uh, how do they speak uh, and, and how do they speak to, to with the students? How do they handle adversity? Um, and I think that most teachers uh, would they they want support from their from their administration. Um, and I'd like to think that I'm a supportive administrator. I would like. Uh, to allow teachers to be more creative, you know, our hands are tied a little bit with uh, scripted curriculum in some sense. But I, I, uh, you know, I think that um, teachers would, you know, really uh, would want that from their administrative team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, professionalism. I think that, you know, I said the model, I think that uh, teachers want administrators or one an administrator who acts, dresses, um, 
and conducts him and herself in a professional manner. I agree. I agree. And I thought that article was very useful and purposeful uh, for me. And I, and I agree with that. Um, you and I joked uh, laughing now, but years ago, there was a, quite a disruptive student. And uh, I remember you know, very loudly saying, it's, it's funny because I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I, I, re I remember almost every student that I've come You remember the name and uh, but Joe, you know, we were laughing this year, but you got that kid in the right spot where that kid could learn yeah. and supported me as a teacher. And I, and I remember that. And uh, uh, that was funny that you remembered the situation. You I know? remember the name. Of course, we won't mention the, nope. the student's name, yeah. who was probably uh, a, a 35 or some odd years old at this point. Hopefully he's tuning in today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's a, a subscriber to Education, Leadership and Beyond. Dennis, um, again, it's great to have you live here and, and up in Port Jervis. Uh, my oldest is going to middle school uh, here this, you know, just this on Monday she's starting. And uh, we just got her her first cell phone, right? I'm a big fan of technology and using technology to support and uh, the phones. What, um, how does IS-27 handle the phones with the, those age kids and, and, and working that out? Well, it's a battle. It's a battle, but I, I think that we're uh, we're proactive in in that battle. We do have a program where the students uh, can sign their phones in as they enter the building. Uh, unfortunately, I would like to have a, more of the population of students do that. Uh, but we have a handful of students who will sign their phones in. It gets locked into the main office, and they pick their phones up upon uh, leaving for dismissal. So that alleviates. I lost my phone. That mm -hmm. alleviates uh, having the phone removed or taken because it was being used inappropriately. Mm -hmm. We also do have a program. We have a wonderful parent coordinator in our school who's very active uh, with our parents and our students. And if the phone is taken from the student, uh, it's given back at the end of the day. Uh, so that's their warning. And on the flip side of that, Dennis, do they, are there teachers that have the kids do activities with the phones and things like that? So we try to limit that because uh, not every student has, has a phone, has sure. the phone. Sure. Uh, not every, and it also drains, it drain the Wi-Fi, And so we try to limit that, but it, it's done a lot of the teachers today. I'm sure just like uh, in all or most schools at this point are using their, cell phones to uh, receive alerts mm -hmm. from administration district uh, and also communicating with parents, whether mm -hmm. to pupil paths, schedula. Uh, so it's not unusual for you to walk past a classroom today, as opposed to say even five years ago, to see a teacher on his or her phone and, and rightfully using mm -hmm. that device. Mm -hmm. But we, we try to limit it because uh, for the average 11 to 14 year old, uh, it's an expensive device. So, your phone's in your bag. We get it. We understand it. No one's searching. Leave it in your bag. Yeah. At the end of the day, mom, dad, I'm on the bus. Mom, dad, I'm, uh, you know, I'm walking home. So, uh, we we you know we try to try to be proactive with the the phone cell phone sure. policy. And like you said, it's always something new every year, right? More and more kids are having them. And I mean, think about ten years ago, they didn't have them, and it wasn't an issue. No. And now it's we deal with it so much, you know. Dennis, uh, thinking about that, right? The parents, you said mom and dad. Uh, I'm a, uh, my oldest is going to middle school. I've worked in a middle school. I've been around middle school kids. But you've lived this life for a long time. What advice would you give to parents 
whose kids might be starting middle school this year. Okay, I would give uh, and I varies a little bit each year, but I. Uh, and then you could say hi to your watchers. I know you got all the stuff I don't see right it. here. The white dot. There you got to look there, and that's that's they can they can see it. <laughs> yeah, I know you I got. Mean, I, don't know who's I don't know who's watching. Oh, they're all watching. Okay. I think they paused the little league yeah. game so they can tune in. No, but look, that's that's tomorrow night, <laughs> Mid Island Little League. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So uh, my advice would be is, um, and it sounds like a bit of harassment, but your child comes home, go through their school bags because a lot of notices are still going home, hard copies. Um, know know the, the know the program that the school is using to communicate. Most are now online programs to communicate yeah. updates on grades, mm -hmm. uh, activities, uh, when forms are due. Uh, most of that is online, but not all of it is online. That's why I said you know open that bag. You, you, you know part of the difference between elementary and middle or intermediate school is that. Uh, expectation to uh, be more organized. Mm -hmm. So, you know, set up, set up, I mean, even if it's a five minute Sunday or Saturday meeting or, or conversation with your child, what do you have to do this week? Because gone are the days of getting homework and Monday and it's due Tuesday. It, most classes, most schools, most teachers are giving assignments. They're giving study assignments leading up to, uh, you know, a, a, a an assignment that's due in a week or two. Mm -hmm. So it's important that just because they're older, uh, give them a little more independence, but uh, understand that they're still dependent upon your role as a parent to keep them organized. And my biggest advice, something I wouldn't have said five years ago, is is monitor what's going on social media sure. and the phones. I mean, most of our problems today at IS-27 uh, stem from uh, the use of some social media conflict. So it's not unusual that on a Monday, after the administrative team walked out of that building on Friday and say, whoa, good week, no phone calls, and we run to our cars <laughs> to enjoy our families for the week. <laughs> on Monday, to have an email or uh, a, you know a message on on the on the phone or a parent standing waiting for you sure. because of something that was done over the weekend on on Snapchat or, yeah. or Facebook. Well, and that's again part of the education of our job is to help educate these kids and parents. How about for the how about for the student? You mentioned some stuff for for the parent. Um, you've seen some of the most successful students and have some kids go on to. Ivy League school, uh, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, I've seen kids not be successful. What What are some of the keys for that kid to be successful in yeah. school? I think very similar to what I mentioned with mom and dad or the guardian is that they need to uh, start to develop organizational skills. Mm -hmm. And part of that is uh, setting up uh, a short-term list and a long-term list. You know, uh, in September, when they're coming back to school, when, when are the weeks for finals? For the first market period mm -hmm. and that's got to automatically be highlighted on a calendar or put on your phone um so this way you know that any uh let's say uh unnecessary training athletic training and you can avoid that week you know and i know it's two months away but it's something that needs to the kids need to start preparing themselves for Organization. Uh, organization. Yeah. Great. Uh, great. I think the other thing is for middle school, especially, 
is find identify that adult could be a teacher, could be a school aide, could be a paraprofessional, could be an administrator who you feel most comfortable speaking with. And uh, every child in middle school, to uh, some extent or another, will have a conflict. Some are minor, some are uh, handled uh, very easily by the student, some are uh, based on perception, uh, something that could be totally out of control in the eyes of the student. A go-to person for that. Yes. So identify that person. And one of the things I, I try to do as an administrator is we have a welcome back breakfast for our students, our sixth grade. And uh, I do most of the talking, but I will point and guidance counsel raises his or her hand. The dean of discipline will raise his hand or her hand, uh, identify all the teachers in the room and uh even talk about what their interest might be because maybe there's a girl who plays basketball and, and that teacher played college basketball. And this way there is some semblance of uh, relating to that person before even getting to know that person. It's all about making a connection. Relationships. One of your great teachers just said hello, Dennis. I don't know if you saw Michelle O'Connor's watching. Oh, great. She'd be one of her great. I was fortunate enough <laughs> to teach fantastic her Fantastic science teacher. Back in the day. Um, Dennis, in addition to being a school administrator and, and a father and, and a husband, you've been coaching sports for a long time. Um, you know, all different sports, all different levels, certainly your boys uh, playing baseball. You know, who are some of the coaches that you've kind of admired or, or looked up to over the years and, and tried to maybe pattern some of the things, not only you were doing athletically, but also bringing it into your school? Well, years back, I mean, I was, I always, so this this to answer that question, <laughs> there's, there's there's a whole lot of people, uh, but I, I I'd like to think that especially at the high school level, coaches are using um, the arena, the football field, uh, the golf course as a extension of the classroom. Sure. So um, when I began start, started coaching high school football. Now, I don't think anybody listening to this is going to know any of the names I, I uh, you know, I, I, I call out at this point, but Paul Balquito, Joe Ryan, uh, Tony Esposito. Uh, I got the opportunity to coach with those three guys, uh, and they were my coaching mentors, mm -hmm. and they all had their own styles. And I remember Paul Balquito, who was uh, loud, uh, but he was a powerful man. And he would say, listen, don't emulate me. He says, take a little bit of the three of us and incorporate your own style. Nice. Now, I find myself more like Tony Esposito. Tony, if, sure, he's not watching. He's probably like, no way you're like me, you know. <laughs> but I find myself, my my mannerisms and my coaching style more like him. Um, but there's, a, I would say, initially with those three gentlemen, Bob, Bob Steele, athletic director, and the key Staten Island Tech. Yeah. Um, you know, legendary teachers first, coaches second. Sure. And they, they go hand in hand, right? Absolutely. Hand hand. And the hard thing, Andrew, is to is to expect volunteers to have that philosophy. Mm -hmm. you know, remember, most coaches out there, I'm talking lacrosse, Little League, basketball, CYO, these are volunteers. Sure. These, are, these are guys and girls who are working 40 hours a week or homes taking care of families at home. And then they're they're spending two to three hours with not only their child but everyone else's children. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, my advice to them would be that same approach. If you, if it, maybe not uh, uh, 
formally trained to be a teacher, mm -hmm. but treat what you're doing as a teacher first and then as a coach. And Dennis, uh, um, you got brought some gear here with you. I know you're you're a couple of years away from your uh, retirement. You, you know. said years. It's 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 a little over a year. <laughs> a year, a year away. Years, a little year plus. Um, but I know you're you're looking forward to starting something new, and you've started the uh, a little bit of legwork on it. You got the gear here. Uh, think the game, Dennis. And you and I had a chance to talk about that. And um, you were so nice. I got my shirt. I haven't put it on yet, but I got my Think the Game shirt coaching and kids and tell me what think the game is all about okay so um I, I always and i jokingly say to my staff uh that i don't have any marketable skills i don't have an accounting degree um i um not very good at, at, at woodworking and i i when i retire I was, I was always good with working with children yeah. and teaching, mm -hmm. and I can de-escalate uh, most situations. Uh, I saw it many of the time. <laughs> I, I, and I enjoy coaching. So about two or three years back, um, I said to myself, what am I going to do when I retire? And one of the things I, I wanted to do is start this program, Think the Game, uh, because it combines my two passions. And that's coaching on the youth level and teaching. And if I could uh, go into a school or an organization, a youth league and speak to coaches uh, about creating a safe playing environment, uh, especially today with the hazing and harassment, cyberbullying, and as a, a person with at this, that point would be 30 years of plus experience working with children and families and coaching uh, what works, what sometimes works, what certainly doesn't work and how to be proactive, what you need to look for, what you need to tell your, your players. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I spoke to a college baseball coach and that college baseball coach, I won't mention his name, but he told me that today they, they recruit the parents before they recruit the players. I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, as soon as we look at Andrew Murata, you know, six foot five, although you're not, righty pitcher who throws 90 miles per hour, uh, they will go on to mom and dad's accounts, Facebook, and see if there's anything negative, uh, Twitter, you know, and for instance, mom tweet something out. I can't believe that Andrew's not pitching the yeah. championship game. You negative. know, he's the best player on the team. Not so negative, but her opinion. And the coach will say, well, do we really want this mom for, for the next four years? Because they'll be, they'll be doing that. She'll be doing that to them next. So, yeah. so, I mean, these are, and you know, to have another story. I mean, it's a uh, fire department. How many, how many guys go through the training and in the midst of their training period, um, they're going through their social media and seeing things sure. that are not supposed to be sure. uh, said, but not only is it being said, now you, you have it a lot documented. It's being, it's being sent and thousands are reading it, you know, so, and they lose their jobs. So it's, it's a very serious problem. And what be, what might've been deemed or uh, considered to to you and I when we were kids as ritualistic in nature. Sure, the hazing today is 
Is it appropriate? So your goal is going to be to not only uh, help kids in athletics, but also coaches and schools. And I, I think it's like when you go into a classroom and you have and you talk about uh, differentiate instruction. Mm -hmm. Mine would be to differentiate whatever the need is of the this program. So if you have a program and I had one baseball, youth baseball league, I won't mention. Uh, he said to me, I don't need you to talk to my players. I said, well, what would you like me to do? He said, I need to talk to my parents. He goes, they're doing this. They're doing that. They're yelling at the umpires. Uh, their kids are on the field. They're crying when the parents are yelling and they're disruptive. They're distracting the kids. Uh, so it's hard to, it's hard to have that conversation with the parents. Sure. But so, so to answer your question, Mine would be based on the need of the program. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to have a, a proactive approach. I don't want to go into a situation where two kids were hazed. I would like to have that conversation and what we're looking for as adults and what the kids need to know, mm -hmm. what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So, Dan, again, you mentioned a year you're away uh, from, from your retirement. When are you looking to officially kind of launch Think well, the Game? Or is it, are you, I know you've done some things with it. I've done some things with it where I, I, I definitely would like to uh, use this year without interfering, of course, with my, with my job as an administrator, uh, but as upon retiring. And uh, I would like to think that this would be the year that I'm going to promote I don't use the word market because sure. then it sounds like I'm a businessman. I'm sure. so far from it, but I would like to use this year as a, a market, a year to market my my program. So we're approaching our rapid fire uh, portion of the show, Dan. But before we get there, well, you know, so if someone's interested, if athletic director's watching a, a high school principal and they want you to come talk to their athletic program or their kids or their PTA, how can people get in touch with you, Dennis, and, and learn more about uh, Think the Game? Well, a couple ways. You can go on uh, Twitter, Bellantoni TTG, initials for Think the Game. That's a lot of letters here, Dennis. Yeah, Bellantoni, uh, Staten Island. Yeah. Go ahead. Say that again. Bellantoni TTG, so B-E-L-L-A-N-T-O-N-I-T-T-G, and that's my Twitter. Twitter. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Uh just look for Dennis Bellantoni. Okay. And uh, easy way to contact me. Great. Uh, I, you know, it's, uh, again, at this point, uh, I want to promote, uh, advertise it, and hopefully get an opportunity on my breaks, my 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 spring break and my winter break, spring break next, and then my summer to, to really launch this. Great. And uh, I've seen Dennis speak. I know Dennis in school culture. If you're you're interested interested in something like that, certainly reach out to Dennis. Uh, think the game, and uh, it's great for you that you're going to continue you. the passions. Uh, you know that's what they say about being a successful person, right? Know what you're good at, and and keep doing. Well, it was easy for me. But I'm not good at much. <laughs> So. Dennis, one of the uh, best parts of the show, I get a ton of great feedback, is the rapid-fire uh, questions. Uh, I know you've been studying up. Uh, here we go. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Okay. Ready last book you read? The Principles, Driving and Surviving, on my cruise last on week. The cruise. Read, it, read it in about three days. Excellent <laughs> book. Walking around, showing people that are having cocktails. Hey, holding you know? <laughs> Holding it up while I read it. And a couple actually teachers walk by it. Okay. So, oh, you were a teacher. And I said, no, I wish. I'm an administrator. And there you go. Uh, it's good advertising. Last movie you saw? I believe Fences with Denzel Washington. I say mm -hmm. because I don't sit through many movies. Uh, I, I asked my wife, 
she couldn't even remember uh, because we're unfortunately for my wife we're a sports family and yeah but we uh i think it was fences if i scroll through your iphone what type of music would i see what type of genre your favorite artist what would you I wouldn't see? find anything on my iphone but i i enjoy uh soft rock uh, uh billy joel journey and uh i would say that the uh pandora when we have people over the house it's the journey station mm. i like to do up, believe it or not. Old school. Uh, Don't stop believing, baby. Yeah. Biggest pet peeve as an assistant principal? Uh, late school buses. Uh -huh. So it's, uh, you know, your day is done. You, you've had a great day. And I self-assess every one of my days, something I, I highly recommend for all people to do. But mm -hmm. administrators, how did your day go? Nine out of ten. Five out of ten. And uh, you want to try to maintain eight, nine out of ten. And you got that ten out of ten, all of a sudden buses don't show up. All of a sudden, you went down. That's not good. Um, what is something that motivates you, Dennis? You see it, you taste it, you feel it. Bam, it gets you going. What is something that motivates you? I think it's just everyday interaction with kids and with students. It's uh, it's hard to pinpoint one particular. Uh, when I see the kids come in at 715, there are a couple of students uh, who uh, make me smile a little more than others just because uh, they bring a certain level of, of energy. and. Sure. Uh, you know, when kids walk in the door, 715, they're coming in, give you a hug. How could you not be motivated? <laughs> That's great. Last purchase under $100 that has had the greatest impact on your life. Oh, it's got to be the calendar, the color-coded calendar. I mean, it's, uh, I couldn't, I don't, rem I don't spend much more than 100 on anything. The, the desk calendar? The, the, big the desk calendar, and I, I, like have, I have my work calendar, and everything is in, I uh, try to keep it in chronological order of what I'm doing. Uh, throughout the day, and then the family calendar because uh, you know we got kids going in every direction, and my wife and I working full time. It's it keeps us very organized, keeps us focused. Those that know me, I got my my calendar here. Yes, I still keep an old book calendar uh, along with the phone, but yeah, uh, the, the calendar very important. Then we talked a lot about coaching, right? The kids. Um, if you had to say it was one thing other than the kids, what is it that you love about coaching? I like I love watching growth. So uh, it's hard to coach um, a five, uh, you know, a, a a player who is uh, got everything going on for him or her already. You know, five tool athlete. Uh, I love watching a kid go from learning to put the helmet and shoulder pads on to making a tackle and, uh, you know, perhaps making that big block. Best thing about IS-27? Students. No doubt the students. Worst thing about IS-27? Parking. It's horrible to park. I get there quarter to six in the morning, <laughs> and sometimes I'm walking a block or two blocks away to, <laughs> to get up to the school building that early in the morning. Short-term personal goal, three to five months? Short-term. Uh, I want to market this program. Uh, I want to maintain uh, a certain level of, of, of good health. Uh, those of you who know me will understand that. So Working through some things, yep. absolutely. Yeah. And, and a long-term personal goal, three to five years. Health goes number one. And then to have this program, I would love to be uh, visiting programs and organizations and schools on a weekly basis. Yeah. Getting this really off the ground. I'd love to be working part-time. I, I have no desire to sit home. Okay. I retire. 
He's out there marketing. He's putting it out. You're looking for a part-time administrator, part-time uh, assistant. Uh, Dennis is a fantastic guy. Dan, I loved your quote. Uh, I asked you for a favorite quote here. And you said it's not necessarily a quote, uh, but you know, more of a saying. I have it here on mine, Dan. But you said here, a lack of planning on your part does not necessarily constitute an emergency on my part. Dennis Bellantone. I, 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 I think it all the time. I don't say it a lot because a lot of times that I want to say it, it's not the right place to say it. There sure. are students around. Sure. But I love it when staff members are coming into the school building uh, and running to get to their classroom before the bell rings and knocking people over mm -hmm. to get to their rooms. Mm -hmm. so, a little bit earlier. Yeah. I, I think that's a great quote, and I agree with that. Um, our book recommendation, again, I touched on it earlier. Here it is. Leading Narratives by my friend Dan Spanauer. Get this over here. Uh, great stories, right? We're on the verge of school. Your opening day. Are you just going to get up there and start talking, talking, talking? Or are you going to come with an amazing story? Leading Narratives, uh, Dan Spanauer. And I do want to give a shout out to uh, Disrupt Ed TV. We connected via uh, social media. Um, great things happening on DisruptEdTV.com. Uh, Rich Allen leads that up and uh, uh, happy to connect with them on socials and, and look forward to uh, doing some great work with them. Uh, that's Disrupt Ed TV. Check that out. So uh, we are going to wrap up here. Uh, Dennis, I can't thank you enough for coming well, thank out. Thank you. Thank you, you for having me. You and took I some time here and uh, we were able to kind of reminisce and, and uh, uh, you know, talk about some of the good times we had together. And we certainly had uh, more Ch good times than bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I learned from you and uh, lucky enough to have been an administrator I now 14 it. years. I'm proud, proud of what you're doing. And uh, you're doing a great job up here. And I, the book, unbelievable. It reinforces a lot of what I been trying to do and it sort of refreshes me for the school year so I, I appreciate that yeah and i'm happy to hear you say that someone that's been doing it 29 years because a lot of people say is it just you know for new administrators i said no i think oh you know so that's uh, i'll take it that. i'm going to pass it around there we go dennis bellantoni everyone think the game uh again you could follow him on twitter look him up at facebook and uh if you can't find him anywhere, he's at IS27, although that's separate at these days, but you certainly can find him there. Uh, we're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, show number 58. Go out and change the world for the better, everyone. Uh, and thanks to Dennis for coming on. Thank you. All right. Uh, signing off, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Get this music going here. There we go. Thank you, everyone. Have a great uh, day. This was show number 58, Andrew Murata. Leave that um, feedback on iTunes as well as Amazon. And uh, looking for a purchase for your favorite principal or school leader out there, the principal. Go after it. Thanks, everyone.